Welcome to Job Sharing and Beyond, the future of work podcast that goes beyond the traditional nine to five. I am Karen Tischler, speaker, consultant, and host of the show, where we hear from global experts every other week to discover innovative solutions and tips on how to remain a relevant employer in the future. Welcome to the first episode of Job Sharing and Beyond. I am so excited today to talk to Dr. Renke Krone-Germann and Nina Prodraska. Dr. Krone is one of the world's leading experts on job sharing. She's the co-founder and director of the Part-Time Optimization Association, as well as the job sharing matchmaking platform, WeJobShare. Um, Dr. Krone holds a doctorate in labor economics and has authored several books and papers on job sharing and part-time employment. This includes co-directing a book about job and top sharing with 34 leading authors from five countries. And um, together with her colleague, Nina Prohaska, they co-head the knowledge management com and communication and network at Synco. With a master's in international relations, Nina Prohaska is an organizational and HR development expert who has worked in the Middle East for several years. She has dealt with job sharing from a multitude of perspectives, including being part of PTO's advisory committee. Both Irenka and Nina have worked previously at the State Secretariat for Economic Affairs in Bern. Welcome, Irenka and Nina. Hello. Hello, thank you for having us. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. It, now, many of our listeners today might not have ever heard about job sharing. So, Irenka, if you could start giving our listeners a little bit of an overview what job sharing really is. The job sharing concept is a very simple concept. It was introduced in the 70s by a U.S. economist. And the definition is to have a full-time position which is divided among two or three people who are sharing the job, the position with a common responsibility and common values. There's a difference between job sharing and job splitting because in a job sharing context, you have really a co-responsibility. You're sharing the responsibility for all the tasks. You have also difference between job and top sharing. Top sharing is a job sharing, but with a leading position where you have different people working in a team with you. And it could be also at the very highest level of a company. Could you tell us a little bit how you got into job sharing? Mm -hmm. So from my perspective, I was writing at that time a research paper on part-time employment in Switzerland. Switzerland is one of the countries which counts one-third of the entire population working part-time. So there's a huge potential of people being able to work also in a job-sharing model. And I was analyzing different impacts of part-time employers on the labor market. And one of them was the impact of their careers, not being able with their part-time occupation to get to a higher level of the hierarchy in a company. 
which was also a form of discrimination between full and part-timers. So I came to this topic because at the end of my different analysis, I could find out that certain flexible model could help to optimize the status of part-timer. That's also the reason why we are called PTO, part-time optimization. And in this last chapter of my work, I was mentioning the importance to promote this model, job and top sharing in Switzerland, to create a higher impact and a higher quantity of people being able to enforce it. And that's so interesting. And I then read that you at um, you job shared at Setco with Anne, who is your co-founder at PTO. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yes. We started, that was about now 11 years ago. We started, we applied at that time, just for your information from the political level, we got a federal counselor who was asking to insert in most of the announcements the possibility to apply in a job sharing position. That gave us the right, the possibility to do it. And we did it with my colleague Anne de Chambrier. And we were hired and we could then start this model to enforce it. And about four years later, we started to create PTO, the Part-Time Optimization Association, to promote the model in Switzerland. And later on, there were much more people entering this association. And Nina, my current colleague now, she also became a member of PTO some, I think, four years ago now. Four years ago, she became a very active member. And when I changed my position, I then applied and I applied with Nina. And now we are in a top sharing position, a leading position at a new place, which is called Sanfu, where we work together. That is amazing how this all like, you know, how this developed over time. And so Nina, um, I read that when you started at PTO, you were in the advisory board, given your experience as a coach. Yes. And so how did you um, teach or tell people about job sharing in so that role? The work of telling and informing people about the job sharing was really something that the association of Ivrenka had started a long time ago. And I think the association did a very good job in developing instruments for, for communication. They have a website, they have guidebooks, they did several films, they have an active social media website because there is a lot of work to be done in, in terms of information. We work at different level because it's the employees who are interested in knowing more about the model, depending on who they are, if they are manager or if they're HR experts, they have different sort of questions um, they, they want to have answered. Then there's a lot of work of sensibilization to be done with, with employees who also have questions from another side. They want to know how to get started, how to find a partner, how to apply. So the information and sensibilization work is something that is very important and that has been and still is at the core of the association. So maybe could you give in your current position of um, sharing, um, top sharing, could you just maybe 
tell our listeners how you divide or you know your work or an example of a, a typical week so that they get a better understanding what that is like. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like Irenka said, we're sharing the position. Formally, yeah. it's a 60 60%. Mm-hmm. So, what is important, we are covered the whole week. We have a team. Um, there is every day someone from us here at the office or on duty or available in person or, or, or online. Um, then we share. We have two half days a week we share where we are together in the office. These are moments which we use to see each other, to have common meetings with the team, with management, with colleagues. And we have formally made the division of our tasks. So we have both certain areas where we have a lead, mm-hmm. which we cover, um, where we are more active, where we feel normally also more comfortable in, or where there's our speciality. But of course, being so close together and working close together, we have a good understanding of each other's strengths, tasks, and duties. This is the formal side, I would say, of our arrangement. Now, being two, obviously, we need to, first of all, respect each other. We must know each other. And there's all the time, there's a need to exchange on certain issues, maybe where we have different understandings, or we have to exchange on things that happen. So we use a lot of informal communication channels. So we use WhatsApp at the moment a lot. Um, voice messages, text messages, where we just exchange on things we saw, things we want to keep the other person informed. And there's nearly no day of the week where we are not in contact. We're quite often in contact. Exactly. We also use certain shared points. You know, we always work more virtually on diff- with different tools. And this helps not only to share our information between both of us, but also with our team. What is very important to understand is that when you're working together, you have always, especially in a top sharing position, to think about the information process that you have to provide with the people that you're working with. So we have, this is the center, Nina and myself, is the core exchange first, but we look that everything is also available in a, to a, a broader way to our team mm-hmm. and also which way is the most efficient. The cost of information is one question always raised by employers when they're a little bit kind of skeptical if this model can work. So we are also in our workshops explaining how to work efficiently to avoid that the transfer of information is too much time consuming. Wow. And so now are you the only top sharing or job sharing team in your organization? Our organization is very small. Now, this is a very small organization of 25 people. And okay. we are now at the leading position. You know, they, we are about five people or four okay. people leading that. Okay. But where we worked previously, this was a big office, the State Secretary for Economic Affairs. Exactly. And, and there we were, there were a lot of different couples working job sharing. You know, there were certain times when you had about six, seven of them working a job sharing model. 
and the whole amount of people which counted were about 800 people so you have not a lot the the percentage of job sharing models in the whole economy of switzerland is at this stage only four percent of the entire active population but the increase is not very interesting the demand for it the development for it it is also 10 percent of the entire part-time population we could do that statistically two years ago the federal office for statistics did a a review did a survey on that and we could find that out what we see now from our association is an increasing demand and what is fascinating for us having worked for about seven years in this field is the interest for top sharing at the beginning when we started people were always asking us okay job sharing what is it how does it function how does it work and they always they were smiling a little bit telling us you know that's a nice concept but it could not be applied at the upper stage of the hierarchy and today we face exactly the reverse situation most of the demands come from top strength positions and why because in fact the model could be very easily applied at a higher level of the hierarchy because the strategical things can be discussed between the partners and that makes it so tremendously interesting also for our society, I can also inform you that we have now in Switzerland not only the public sector, the private sector interested by it, we have also the political field. We have just now the Socialist Party in our country, where the next candidate for the chair for the presidencies of the Socialist Party is a double duo of job sharing partners. Wow. So line, yeah, and this is amazing. And that shows that the interest is increasing. To me, this is, it's just fascinating because I feel there are so many possibilities. And as I'm an advocate for professionals going back to the paid workforce, to me, that seems such a good solution, but obviously not only for, um, you know, mothers going back, but there are so many different aspects to it, as you were saying, like, um, you know, different areas, different things like top sharing and job sharing. And then as I read in um, the information that like intergenerational possibilities are um, there as well as, um, you know, the burnout reduction. So the, there is so much that is done, that could be done. But what I don't understand, to be honest, is as I'm looking at the different countries, clearly with all your advocacy, Switzerland is at the leading edge, but why do you think like Canada, for example, it, it just really doesn't exist? I've heard of some job sharing among teachers, for example, but, but that's pretty much it. Ivanka mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mentioned earlier on that interview that Switzerland is a country where part-time employment is very common. Mm -hmm. And the... Switzerland is a country where the situation for especially families or mothers working are more challenging probably than in Canada. Okay. Because we don't have obligatory daycare. We don't have day schools everywhere. Okay. Okay. So it's a challenge having children, for example, and working. So this is also where the demand is often coming for okay. in leading positions because Employees want to have more women also. They want to promote diversity in senior positions. Mm -hmm. 
And to attract women, they also have to address the part-time part of the population. Right. Um, so this is something that is very important. And I think in Canada, normally, as far as I, I know from, from friends, yeah. staying there, it's more common for men and women to work full-time than yeah. in a country like here. And another explanation is also the salary rate. Uh, we did this book, as you mentioned at the beginning, when we did comparisons between European countries. And there are many Eastern countries which are interested to have more job sharing too. But their challenge is that their salary rate is much lower in their country. So it's, it's a form of luxury situation to be able to work part-time for many women and men because in most of the countries, you have to work 100% to be able to support the family and to be the breadwinner for the family. So that explains also because of our high situation of our salaries that Switzerland has this huge potential. And you see it, as Justina said, in the rate of part-time employment, which is, as I said before, one third of yeah. the entire population. Mm -hmm. What is also helping us is the notion that flexible work helps to, to, to conciliate both lives, work and, and uh, private lives. And this is also something which goes into the direction that part-time is not an imposed way to work because of structural problems, but it's really wished by the population. And we just saw last week, just yesterday, we posted those news also on our social medias that you see that 85% of all part-timers are doing it because they wish it and not because it is imposed by the economy. That gives a whole different, I would say, attraction for part-time. But the big gap is that part-time for women reduces their possibility for making a career. And then the job sharing model becomes interesting because this model allows you also to go to the top of a hierarchy to have a leading position while working part-time. That sounds like such a good solution because I agree in Canada, there are definitely fewer um, part-time positions available and um, overall, I think it's about maybe 19% of the population that is in part-time positions, so definitely less than in um, Switzerland. But um, last year, I looked at different um, jobs that they were offered, and like literally out of 500 jobs, and they were highly skilled jobs, only mm -hmm. about two or three were offered as a part-time position. And so I think what happens here, and I've lived in the U.S. as well, it seems more it's it's all or nothing so women in particular when they are trying to um, return they are either working full-time or they you know after a while they might choose to not participate in um, the paid workforce so to me while currently there aren't that many um, part-time positions particularly on a um, level that somebody who is highly skilled and um, educated and experienced would be um, you know able to use their full potential by looking at your country and your um, you know involvement of top and job sharing I feel there could be a potential for the people who would like to go back to paid work but 
are, um, you know, currently unable to do because of work-life balance. And um, one other thing I've been reading a lot about is that the um, younger generations are much more interested in work-life balance. And so I could envision that therefore, um, you know, part-time work slash um, job sharing might be more attractive um, in the years to come. And so um, I don't know if, you know, you have also seen that in Switzerland with um, the new, uh, younger generations. What you can see everywhere is that the employment for life model does not exist anymore. Right. So you mentioned before also the slash career concept. So people today are more prone to change job, to switch employee, to maybe start their own business, right. to start a secondary education in their 40s. So things have become much more flexible. And this is something that is favorable to, to the job sharing concept because it allows you to work more or less or to have, because we talk now a lot about children, but right. we really don't want to have it seen from that angle only, but it allows you to have a second job, to do political career, to be engaged in an association, to do uh, an education or to simply do something else. Right. And I think society is becoming more flexible, the work environment and also the work possibilities just mentioning uh, mobile working are making things easier. So we believe that the framework conditions are becoming more favorable everywhere towards job sharing. Exactly. And you were asking about the generation differences. So it's a very important point because we face the same tendency here between generation X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. As you said, it seems to have a clear tendency of, of having more interest from the younger generation but what we also saw in our country was an increase of interest among the older generation not the baby boomers because they are now at the stage of retirement but generation mm -hmm. x people who are 50 and plus mm -hmm. and those people what you see is that just working in the last 10 years or 15 years of their careers as Nina just said are sometimes interested to reduce their activity and to start another job as a, for example, independent, as a business person, to start something else at the end of their careers and to transmit their knowledge to younger generation. So even generation X becomes interested in that model. And that brings us to the statement of having in mind all these different types of generation, we also see that cross-generation, uh, in the cross-generation attitude, this, this interest for new flexible work, work models are increasing. And what is one, for me personally, one of the most interesting concepts in job sharing is the intergenerational job shares, where you see more and more often now, couples, duos applying of, with people who have a, a difference of age of 20 years. And this is amazing because you see them applying for a job and they can transfer their knowledge from the younger to the elder person and to the opposite. And this is something which is fascinating. I gave you before the example of our political party, the Socialist Party. Among those two duos, which is now, who are now just applying for this chair, this, uh, this presidency, 
One of them has a difference of 20 years of age. It's a woman, she's 50 years, and a man is 30 years. And they come from two different linguistic parts of Switzerland. The younger man is from the French part, and the lady is from the Swiss German part. So you have here exactly the model wow. of complementary job sharing, two different cultural sites from the linguistic, and two different ages. That's just amazing. And do you know like more about the background, how they came about choosing that um, model? Why they, you know, decided to work together? I believe it's quite obvious that they have a comparative advantage because Switzerland, like Canada, so we have several linguistic right. regions mm -hmm. which also come together with different cultural specificities. Mm -hmm. So covering it, for example, the German and the French part, which right. are the most important in terms of number parts of Switzerland, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They, they bring an advantage because they bring the cultural understanding, the network, they are known. Um, they can they are closer to their to the to the party's members mm -hmm. so they bring in so if you are a single candidate and you run against them you have a hard time proving that you're equally well rooted in switzerland because yeah. you probably come from one area only where you're strong so they have a very strong point in presenting plus also leading a party is a quite demanding yeah. task where you have a lot of presence, you have a lot of communication to do, you spend a lot of time. So being in two helps to divide that workload. It helps you to share also questions, strategical discussions, etc. And it, I think it puts you really in a strong, in a strong positions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like one of the um, quotes that when I was reading Renka's book, it was that what I really liked was that basically job sharing and top sharing um, allows for intellectual challenges and creativity. And yeah, so I feel what you just described, that's, I can imagine like going through cultural um, differences, age differences, gender differences, that's just amazing and how much you know creativity that will create in um working together so i think that's awesome and perhaps just so another information i mm -hmm. i mentioned that we we also put up platform of matchmaking profiles yes. this is the we job share platform and to come back to this this argument of complementary skills and similar mm -hmm. skills what is interesting to see when you're going on this platform is you can go there, you can test it by yourself. You will see that you, you will be then asked if you're looking for a partner who is complementary to you or who is similar to you. And people are often asking us, what is the best situation? Because that's a good question, you know, from, from a general way. And we always say there is no better condition. You can have similar profiles and be the best duo working on that task and you have you can have also completely complementary skills and be also the best in position what is important is to understand that you will have to reach a common vision when you are more complementary it's a bit more challenging at the beginning because your way of thinking could be slightly different and could also ask for more challenging adaptation on the way you're working together but in the midterm in the long term you will learn so much from the other partner 
For example, Nina and myself, we applied some no, almost two years ago for this position here. We come also from different uh, linguistic regions. We have different skills, different backgrounds. And when you have a complementary profile, you learn so much about the other one. And that's what I face now with Nina because we, we come from different backgrounds mm -hmm. and that makes it so interesting. And this is the reason why I would like just to add here that for people who have sometimes the impression they have to find a person who is similar and that huh? they know previously, I can say no. You can be also choosing a person who is complementary to you and also a person that you have never worked before with that person you know you don't have to know the partner before you're applying it's discovering a new way of work and trying to develop a really common vision of your tasks so going on that so let's say we have somebody listening to us right now who is either a leader at a company who's contemplating that sounds really interesting what i'm hearing how can i start a pilot project or somebody thinking of applying to an organization with another person what yeah. would you recommend as sort of like first steps we would recommend the person to think well about the reason why he or she wants to work in a job sharing mm -hmm. And we would recommend the person to know him or herself well, their strengths, their skills, and know what areas are potentially interesting to them. And we would recommend the person to brainstorm and think also very broadly in terms of where he or she could find a job sharing partner. Is it someone that he or she knows already? And like Irenka before mentioned, the closest solution is not always the best solution so right. it takes time and you need to think broad where can you find a partner that suits you it doesn't have to be someone you know you can actively search someone mm -hmm. like you're searching a, a, a relationship partner mm -hmm. so you can meet those people at your own company you can meet them in the business environment you know like at social clubs or at educational areas or, or activities or you can go on platforms or you can use social media like LinkedIn mm -hmm. to try to identify potential partners and if you have done that then you could start looking for jobs mm -hmm. and, and you've got two different jobs you have the announcements for example in Switzerland where on the announcement it is mentioned you are able to apply in job sharing or in part-time work but you can also apply for jobs where there is no single word on job sharing which is mm -hmm. full 100 percent position and you can then try to send you uh, your file and you can then try to get to this job in a job sharing position and i did it myself a couple of times and what is great is that in the recruitment process people are often very fascinated because they see suddenly two brains and two brains with a double competence which brings up all what the company asks for because you will never almost find a single person covering all what is required by the company so that helps a lot also to get to interviews in yeah. most cases it will be that way that it won't be mentioned on the job announcement mm -hmm. that they're looking for a job sharing yeah okay but you can be sure that normally yeah People get very 
curious about meeting you, who are those two? But at the same time, it's also important that you present yourself well, so you make it easy for the employee to see who you are, so that you prepare, for example, a good overview of the profile mm -hmm. of the two people, mm -hmm. you make one good cover letter, so you make it easy for mm -hmm. the people to understand who you are, and that you transmit the image that you are already applying as a duo, right. that you know a little bit and that you maybe also show that you have an understanding of what it takes, what you bring, and how you think of working together. And that's where we work with our association PTO. We provide advisors on that on each step. When the partner is looking the first person for a partner, when they're just uh, writing the, the first letter of, uh, of trying to get the position, and then we are also helping for the interview itself to show them that once they're invited for an interview, they have to learn how to behave in a duo, in a single package. They cannot contradict each other, so they have to learn how to position themselves. All the things which could sometimes seem very easy, but which for certain person are not completely clear. So we have people asking us to help them from the first, very first beginning of the whole recruitment process. Mm -hmm. But most of the people ask us once they're hired to help them to organize the structure of their job sharing. And here we help them how to get organized, how to get the different tasks done and in their team, how to, to have this role of leading position in their team. But all these steps are very fundamental. What I can also say for, for your audience that people are not too uh, hesitant to apply is that a lot of people can do that by themselves. They have the feeling when they're just meeting a partner that they have sufficient information to get to a recruitment, to get to an interview. And we have our guide, which is also for free, that many people are reading before to know a little bit what are mm -hmm. the important points to avoid, uh, just not to have a problem then during the recruitment process. But where we are helping is exactly in that kind of phase, stage of the whole process of recruitment. That's really helpful to know. And what I will make sure is when um, we publish the um, podcast episode, that mm -hmm. all the information, all the links that you are talking about are provided so people interested can then go to your respective websites and have a look at that, including what you mentioned, your guide which is really, really helpful. The guide is, is very helpful and it's also for free and it helps many people. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and so now let's say I'm a HR leader of a larger corporation okay. or mm -hmm. the CEO and I'm yeah. thinking I would like to start this, but I don't know anybody within my organization or elsewhere that is interested in job sharing. What would you recommend to that leader? Mm -hmm. So that's the, the way we work with big companies. So our, I would say, most important clients uh, are big companies in Switzerland, and they're asking us to help them to introduce the model. So what we always tell them at the beginning is that the commitment for job sharing has to be part of all members of the top direction, also men, members of the middle 
way, you know, on, on the hierarchy also that people are completely convinced about that. It cannot happen if in the company the CEO is interested, but the HR department, the diversity department is more skeptical. All the people have to be behind it. Mm -hmm. And that's the first step. We are also checking with them. So we meet them and then we just create a kind of framework of organization. First, we start by a, often by a conference, a kind of brunch, uh, kind of lunch conference where we just present the model Mm -hmm. And there, there could be certain bilateral talks then between the people and even a speed dating for those people who would like to know each other to mm -hmm. be able to apply together. And once we see that the interest is there, the company asks us to continue to do certain workshops for the HR specialists and also for the employees to show them how concretely they can apply and how it works from the recruitment process to the enforcement process. And then the last stage is to ensure so for the candidates that they could be coached. And here we have contracts with the big companies where we're providing coaching for certain couples. Not everybody needs this help. No, you have a lot of different job sharing duos uh, who will never ask for help. They, they feel it and just do it by themselves. But for those of them who need it, the HR provides such an assistance. And that gives them to the employees, the impression that it's not only branding of the company, but that it's really a clear behavior, a clear process to implement this model within the company. Because what we saw in the previous years was you had certain companies who knew perfectly well that for the marketing purpose, it's good to right. put on their website, oh, job sharing, openness, and so yeah. on, but they don't do anything internally. And here you, you're facing a problem of, of having an attitude which, which is not a transparent attitude. And here the companies could also realize in the last years that they have to be careful not to do that. And another thing that sometimes do, which is very risky, where we are always clear with them, sometimes to accelerate the development of job sharing, they are putting pools of people together and from the top trying to create from the outside certain duos. For example, we had in big banks in our land, a mm -hmm. situation where they were taking out of a pool of talents, women, and telling them they should do job sharing, kind of arranged job sharing. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? Yes? Yeah, yeah, I, I can. That sounds, hmm. And, and so what happened then? And then in these situations, we always tell them that to have an arranged kind of job sharing, which is proposed by the company is a solution, but would ask, would require much more learning process for the duo to understand in which flexible work they are. Why? Because when you are starting to work with a duo which has not chosen each other, no? which was where the thing was imposed by the company, they will have much more difficulties to enter into this model. Yeah. Sometimes it works. We had many cases where it worked, mm -hmm. but we had also cases where it didn't work because the people were not accepting to have a common vision, not accepting to work together so intensely. So here we could see that the arranged form of job sharing is very risky. It occurs, but it's risky. And so like, you know, going, like we've, we've mentioned besides, you know, that as a, a, a potential problem, if it's arranged, 
a lot of the things we talked about are very positive, many advantages about job sharing. What I've heard sometimes is people saying, well, wouldn't job sharing be more costly? Because often it might not be just a 50-50 split. It could be like in your position, say 60-60, or it could be even higher. So what would be a response to somebody who's challenging that with a, you know, a cost problem? We would acknowledge that at first view, this is right. At the beginning, often the costs are higher compared to hiring and onboarding one single person. Mm -hmm. It's a bit more complex running the whole recruitment process. You need more time. You maybe need two working stations. You have time where the duo needs to share. At the beginning, they invest more time in common um, activities of the association of the enterprise. So yes, it's often more costly at the beginning, but we would also stress that this is a short-sighted view mm -hmm. because in the mid and long term, often the investment pays off because two people are more efficient. Right. They bring in more than they bring in their own experience. They develop a common experience. They bring in a different vision. Normally also, People who have the opportunity to work in a job sharing arrangement are more loyal to mm -hmm. a company because yeah. it offers them a possibility also. They're often also more happy because they share responsibility. So they tend to stay longer, bring, have a larger productivity and bring in more know-how. So it pays off in the long term. This is what we would answer. And, and then... One other thing people maybe sometimes wonder or question is, how do you say as a, a team apply or, or, you know, get promoted? That's maybe another, you know, like thing that people just can't imagine that that is possible. And what would you say there? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. All the benefits also, financial benefits are often shared between mm -hmm. the, the duo. Promotion is a bit more sensitive because that could happen, in fact. But when the person suddenly leaves it, we can give you a good example. We were also coaching and making a film with a, with a very interesting duo at a telecom company of our country. Mm -hmm. And for example, in, in this situation, the man and the woman were sharing a leading position during about five years. And suddenly the woman was promoted, but in the same company, but somewhere else. So she left it. It was a dissolution of the duo. So they had to, to, to find a new solution for that. Mm -hmm. And this can happen. And this happens also. And here it's important to understand that job sharing is not other term. That means that you can have it for five, six years or for four years only. And then the duo can also then uh, be separated and do something else. So uh, to be promoted together, this will be very seldom the case. What happens sometimes is that a duo is applying again for a new position together because they know each other pretty well. But what happens more frequently is that one of the person will leave the job for, for reason of promotion or also because they find a job abroad or somewhere else. And then there are three solutions which occur in case of dissolution of the tandem. 
you've got the first solution is that the person who is remaining takes over the whole full uh, rate of occupation. When they were working before 60%, the person gets up on a 100% schedule. Then another solution is simply what happens very often that the second part of the person, I mean, the second of employment is, is again renewed. That means that there is a new recruitment process and a new person is then hired by the company. And in this situation, what happens is that the person who remains in the job sharing model will also be able to select this person, not only the, the boss oh. or in the hierarchy the person, but mm -hmm. also the job sharing partner, because he has to look or she has to look if there is a chemistry between both partners, right. which will be part of the process. And the third solution, the last one, which is often also the case, is that suddenly the person who was remaining um, of the duo will decide to change, to go in a different department for a part-time occupation or a new challenges, and the position will be again, which will be announced as a new position in a 100% uh, schedule. So you have really three different options. You find that also in our guide where we explain that, what happens once when a person goes. And just for your information, where we are always guiding people, employees who are applying for job sharing, is that they have to understand this also when they're studying a job sharing to visualize the whole process until a potential dissolution of the duo. That helps also them to, to be a bit more sure about what they're doing and we have in all contracts legal contracts always an attachment and in this attachment this scenario is clearly stated highlighted so the person knows what could happen in case of his or her partner leaves the duel that that is really helpful to understand you know that you know so when somebody starts that they really know what the future yeah, could bring in the worst case yeah. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. i i could be listening to all your examples and all the insights you both have for a very long time but we are coming to an end of our episode so i wanted to make sure that we've covered everything that you would like to talk about if there's any future projects or developments that we haven't talked about that would be really um, great to hear um, i think we would want the audience to start following the subject and get informed mm -hmm. there's a lot of people blogging reporting on social media there's our own website but there's also other people. I think it's important to get acquainted to the subject, read much, and try to get inspired by people who do job sharings. And you will discover that the model is much more common than you think at first, because you will, in most cases, people will find inspiration and exist. It's important to really embrace the concept and get familiar with it. So be courageous, take time for it, and dive into it. I think this is what we would want to convey. Exactly, yes. And for a person who is perhaps a bit hesitating sometimes, what is important to understand is it's like in all life circle, 
you always take risks sometimes in your life. And uh, for myself, my personal experience now for 12 years in job sharing, it's worse to try something new to be able to judge it. So even if you're a bit scared about it, uh, most of the people who have practiced it once, they will be fascinated because they will have had the opportunity to talk about it. So don't hesitate if you have the wish to try it don't look at all the burdens, don't look at all the barriers, just go for it. And then you can always again change your situation professionally. But to try it is perhaps the first step. Thank you so much, Irenka and Nina, for your interesting insights, experiences, and sharing it with us today. I really, really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for your interest, for all your questions. It was fascinating to listen to you. And we hope so much that in Canada, you will have much more examples of job sharing in the future. Thank you from my side too. And thank you for your openness. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye! <laughs>